0: Welcome to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. To learn more about Salem Alliance, including gathering times and other resources, visit us online at salemalliance.org. Today's talk is given by Rob Basham. Amen, and thank you team for leading us this morning. He has no rival, he has no equal, and it is a good thing. Welcome to church, again, to those of you joining us on live stream, we're glad you're with us. Believe it or not, Thanksgiving is this Thursday. I don't know if that crept up on you the way it did on me, but we have a Thanksgiving Eve service this Wednesday night at 6.30. Would love to invite you back for that. We'll be hosting our annual food march if you want to take part in that. There are lists in the lobby and lists online of food that you can bring in to just support Feed Salem and our pantry ministry there. Also, as we do every Thanksgiving Eve service, we'll be taking an offer. This will be going to an initiative in the nations as well as an initiative in the neighborhoods. So we're going to be just uh, focusing on Emmanuel Christian School in Ecuador. It's a school that we partner with. Robin and Wendy Gutierrez are headed back there in January. And we want to bless them with some funds with some of the building projects that the school are engaged in. And then also here in Salem, we're going to hold host Night to Shine, our special needs prom again in February. Would love to just raise some funds to offset the costs of that. As well, if you're interested in volunteering for Night to Shine, we'd love to have you join that. We need over 600 volunteers, and this is one you want to be at. This is like, it is so much fun to carry off this event. So join us for that. Hope to see you there in February. On your way in, you may have grabbed a now and later today, and you're wondering why are there baskets of this decent candy out there. Now and Later is a candy that was invented in the 20s in Brooklyn, and it's one that I grew up on because kind of it was the cheapest one. When you went to the store and you only had a nickel, you could get a Now and Later. And I, I kind of love their slogan. I'll throw it up here, Now and Later. You're going to like them so much now that you will want them more later. It's kind of like, really? Here's the deal. The way that works is like I had one of these yesterday, and I'm still enjoying it. I mean, it's still like stuck in your teeth. Whoever invented toothpicks also invented the Now and Later. Uh, you enjoy it. Now now you call your dentist later. Uh, Some people call it the forever and ever candy. Uh, Starburst took the idea and made it decent, Uh, you know, and so it's just, it's this fascinating candy and I just wanted to share it with you. So, we didn't get the liability release forms printed in time, so this is your warning. Chew at your own risk, Uh, but this taffy is available. If you didn't grab one, there's plenty out there on your way out. But what I want us to focus on is this concept of you're gonna enjoy it so much now that you're gonna long for one later. Because the same is true for the kingdom of heaven. And our passage today is gonna kinda concentrate on this. It's going to take us between the already and the not yet. The already, the fact that the kingdom of God has been inaugurated, Jesus Christ inaugurated it with his coming, with his ascension into heaven, the kingdom of God is at hand. We get to experience it in the now. The power in his presence and the peace that comes from being a Christ follower, we experience it now. And as we experience it in the now, It should just give us an even greater hope of what new heaven and new earth will one day be in the later. And so it's this concept of experiencing it in the now so that we can just be prepared for it in the later. Before we look at our passage today and look at this culmination, this is our last week in our series on Ezekiel. We've been just looking at the justice and the hope and the restoration that happened in this prophetic book. I want to just talk about where even this passage today fits into the grand scheme of all of Scripture. So, Take with me, go for me at the full arc of scripture. It starts in the garden, right? We have the garden of Eden and, and humankind is created. They are in perfect fellowship with God. In fact, in Genesis 2, we see that there's a river in the garden of Eden and it is just what waters the garden. It's the presence of God. And we see that that water then goes out from the temple in four directions. And it brings the presence of Yahweh through the whole earth. And it is a beautiful thing. It's the way things were intended to be. And it is good. But we know what what happens next in the story is humankind rebels. That those that were first created, they enter into sin. And therefore, they are exiled from the Garden of Eden. They are exiled out of it. And things are no longer going the way they were planned. Things are not the way they were intended to be. But God doesn't give up on his people, and Yahweh decides that he will enter into a covenant relationship with the people of Israel. He says, you are my people. You are a priestly nation. Through you, people of Israel, I will bring all nations back to me. I will restore what we lost in the garden. We will return things to the way they were initially intended to be. But this people of Israel also sin and rebel, and they too find themselves in exile, Exiled to Assyria and to the people that were exiled to Babylon, this book that we've been in for the last weeks is written too. And so we see an exile from the garden and then we see an exile from the city of Jerusalem. And the thing is that this book of Ezekiel is speaking to both of those exiles. It is speaking to the exile and we see that the people of Israel are going to be returned home. But there's a secondary message in here that those that have been exiled from the garden will be able to return. That is the message that we receive. That is the message of the new heaven and the new earth that we hope for. Here today, we will see an eschatological and end times hope of heaven is unveiled as this book concludes. Today, we are looking at the later. This hope, this justice, this restoration are foreshadowed. This is a new earth passage in church family, much like the valley of dry bones finding life. The imagery that we'll see here today in Ezekiel 47 is striking. It's memorable and it'll stay with you. Last week, Brian got us kicked off talking about kind of the new earth and the new heaven and this foreshadowing of the future. And he preached on the passages that talk about the full elimination of evil that will one day happen. Can you imagine we're going to live in a perfect world where evil no longer exists, no longer pain, no longer suffering, no longer war, justice fully realized? Today, we're looking in the prophecy is more a prophecy of the presence of God with his creation. Ezekiel 47, I'll be reading verses 1 to 12. You can turn there with me if you would like. Ezekiel 47, 1 to 12, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. In my vision, the man brought me back from the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on the south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as he went, he took me along a stream for 1,750 feet and led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 1,750 feet and it led me across again. And this time the water was up to my knees. After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. Then he measured off another 1,750 feet and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. He asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the river bank. "'When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. "'Then he said to me, "'This river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. "'The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. "'There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows.'" "'Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, "'for its waters will become fresh. "'Life will flourish wherever this water flows. "'Fishermen will stand alongside the shores of the Dead Sea, "'all the way from the Engedi to the Enangelium. "'The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. "'Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea, "'just as they fill the Mediterranean. "'But the marshes and swamps will not be purified. "'They will still be salty.' Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along the sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never brown and never fall. And there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. This is the word of the Lord. A powerful prophecy of hope of justice, of restoration, of presence of creator God. What I see in this passage is simply this, this living water restores all of creation. This living water restores all of creation. This river of life that is Jesus ends the exile. It allows for the return to the garden, the way things were intended. Jesus ends the separation of God and his people. Jesus removes the sting of death. Jesus banishes sickness. Here in this passage, the living water brings the peace. It brings the presence. It brings the salvation. It brings the healing. It's fulfilled in the coming of Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's made accessible to us now to be tasted, to be experienced in the now. But it also foreshadows the later It also foreshadows what will be when Christ returns and establishes the new heavens and the new earth. Do you see it? Sam Alliance Church, we get to be in the river in the now. For some of us, we're experiencing it. We're getting into the water and it's ankle deep. And for some of you, you're walking in it and it's up to your knees. And some of you, it's even waist deep. And you are experiencing and tasting the kingdom of God in the now. And it is good. But wherever you are on that journey of going into that, understand that the tide is rising and a day is coming when Jesus will return and we will swim with him. Here in this passage, I see three things. The living water, it brings the presence, it brings the salvation, and it brings the healing. Each one of them in the now, in each one of them, it will come in the later and be fully realized. The first, the living water brings presence. Presence. You see, the rivers of Eden are restored. That's what's, that's what's foreshadowed in this passage. Many theologians would say that a portion of this became true. It was fulfilled when Jesus died on the cross and the temple curtain was torn in two. We sang about it earlier. That's such a powerful part of scripture. Because for so many years, the presence of God was cut off from man. Only the high priest could enter into the holy of holies. For the presence of God was only there in the temple, but when Jesus died, the curtain was torn. And now we all have access to the presence of God. Other theologians would say that portions of it were fulfilled at Pentecost when the Spirit of the Living God fell on those that were gathered in the upper room in Jerusalem. They had been told to wait, but the Spirit fell. And what happens? Then they go and bring the peace and the power and the presence of God to the ends of the earth as they scatter and bring the truth of Jesus to all nations. Even with these levels of fulfillment, though we realize that it has not been fully fulfilled, this prophetic word is still out there. For a new creation, a healed land, a new earth will be established when Jesus returns. There will be no barriers separating us from the one that created us. You see, Ezekiel ends. This difficult book that you have processed through over the weeks and weeks and weeks ends on the highest of notes. Ezekiel 48, 35. And from that day, the name of the city will be Yahweh Shema. The Lord is there. The presence of God dwelling with his people. There's a message here for many of us today. There's a message for us, for many of us that are stuck in the dry and the arid places that this world of exile gives us. The message is that one day it won't be dry and arid. One day we will behold him in all his fullness and all wrongs will be right. There will be justice. There will be peace. Revelation 22 gives us a glimpse of this. It says, for the throne of God and the lamb will be there and his servants will worship him and they will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads and there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun for the Lord God will shine on them and they will reign forever and ever. The living water that is Jesus allows us presence the second thing we see here is that the living water brings salvation the living water brings salvation throughout scripture we see this imagery of going from death to life this concept of being born again it's what happens when we open the baptismal tanks and we just have that image of going from death to life and here this passage is doing the same it is a passage about bringing salvation This passage was so rich for the people that were living in that land when they're talking about life to the Dead Sea. Here's a a picture of the Dead Sea. It is dead. Like, do you see all the greenery? Do you see all the life? Do you see the fish jumping out of this sea? No, it is so dead. I've had the chance to live in this area of the world for 12 years. I've spent many, many, many hours in that water. Not swimming, you can't swim in it, trust me. You can simply float in it, it kind of controls you. It's the weirdest thing in the world, right? So weird. There's no threat of a shark coming to get you in the Dead Sea, nothing lives in there. It is mud and salt, that is it. There is nothing alive in there and you look at the landscape around there and it is dry and it is arid and I have I have hiked around here and there is very little water there is almost no vegetation and there is very little that is living into this landscape The word of the Lord says my water will flow and make everything live My presence will come and will bring peace and provision in healing. The trees will bear fruit. The leaves will provide healing. There will be fish in the sea and nets lined up. It is a powerful image. It's an image that the, that the gospel writer John grabs in, onto as he sees the way that Jesus describes himself as the river. We see it in John 4.14. Jesus is talking to the woman at the well who is going to bring water out. And and Jesus says, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. A hyperlink back to Ezekiel 47. And then again, uh, at the Feast of Pentecost, Jesus stands up and at the climax of the festival, he stands and shouts to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. The words of Jesus, who hangs on a cross And the guard comes and he brings the spear and he pierces his side and out of it comes not only blood, but water. Do you see the hyperlinks? Do you see the power of this message? The living water brings salvation in the now for you and for me. And in the later, this future hope, we will live in this permanent state of salvation with this unspeakable joy, forever with the one that has purchased our salvation. Revelation 21.7 says, all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. I will be their God and they will be my children. Our salvation is complete now, but it's not been fully inherited and realized. One day, we will hear the voice not just hear the voice that we've been following, but see his face clearly. Friends, we're not home yet. The living water brings presence. The living water brings salvation. And the final thing I see here is that the living water brings healing. The living water brings healing. Here on this one, I want to start with the later rather than the now. I want to start with the later because the bottom line is The ultimate message of hope that Ezekiel is offering is that one day everything will be renewed. One day the new heavens and earth will be established and there will be no longer war, sickness, grief, death, pain. John picks up Ezekiel 47 again when he's writing in Revelation 21 and 22. Revelation 21.4, it says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. You see, the future reality of this new creation is what we're putting some of our hope in. That though we're waiting in the water now, there is one day where we will swim in it fully with our new bodies, with no aches and no pains and no fears and no grief. It's why Brian encouraged us to think about eternity every day. And it's important that we have this theological hope for heaven in this base established. Because what we're gonna do now is talk about the now. And it's sometimes difficult for me to do what I'm about to do. Because when we talk about receiving healing in the now, it's a reminder of the pain and the grief and the sickness and the sorrow that is among us as a people. For me as a pastor, that's a difficult thing. And yet I believe that we are entitled to ask for healing. It's something that we do around here at Sam Alliance Church Every week we invite people to come forward and be prayed for. Every month or two we ask people to stand after we read a testimony and we pray and we intercede and we ask for God to heal. It's a core distinctive of us as a church. We believe that Jesus purchased for us on the cross through his blood, victory, not only over sin and shame, but also sickness. And so we come anticipating, asking for healing. And today we're gonna do that again. Scripture tells us in James 5, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and to pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. I get testimonies that are emailed to me or dropped off in my box every couple of weeks. And I love reading them. It builds faith. It releases faith. And today I want to share a testimony from Jeanette with you. She writes, Dear Pastors, I'm sorry I'm so slow in reporting to you my wonderful, fabulous news. When I walked in to be prayed for, I was full of anxiety. I had been experiencing it daily for over four months. You prayed, read scripture and prayed more. And I was honestly, it was one of the most beautiful experiences I had ever had. I walked out that day with no anxiety. I woke up the next day with no anxiety and no anxiety for the next week. My fear, as you know, was the upcoming sinus procedure that I was going to go for. I had no anxiety the evening before the procedure, no anxiety the morning of the procedure, and honestly, no anxiety even during the recovery period when there were several days where I could not breathe through my nose, the initial cause of some of the anxiety. I just have not experienced any anxiety since the day that we prayed. I continued to take medication, but I know what I experienced was the gracious kindness and healing of our Lord. He may have used the medication to get me to that place, but medication doesn't work the way this worked. Anxiety one hour, but not the next hour, and it has not returned for nine weeks plus. I know it could return, but I'm just thanking the Lord daily while confessing my pride for not wanting to be vulnerable, and while thanking him for giving me faith and courage that I needed. It is a beautiful thing to experience his grace. I have shared my story with many family and friends and asking them to thank the Lord with me, and I trust you too will thank him, always in his grace, Jeanette. And today we do thank the Lord for her healing. We thank the Lord that he is a God that sees us, that still heals in today's world. And this morning, what we're going to do is we want to offer you an opportunity to receive healing. But it's not a simply one where we're going to ask you to stand and where I'm going to pray over you. I want to invite you to actually move, to come forward. And so as we head back into worship, we're going to have some prayer teams up here made up of our elders here at Sam Alliance, some of our our healing prayer team, our after-service prayer, and some of our pastoral staff. And they are available to you. They're going to ask you the question, what is it that you would like Lord Jesus to do for you today? And they're going to anoint you with oil and intercede on your behalf. And so this morning, if you have a relational need, if you have a physical need, Whatever that need might be, can I encourage you, sometimes major moments in our spiritual journey require movement. So I invite you to come. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we declare that you are a good father. And we come today expectant of what you will do. We thank you that we get to live in the kingdom of heaven in the now, and we look forward to what we will get to experience in the later And Lord, while I believe there are some today that you're going to want to just heal and let them know of your love and your presence in the now, there are some that you might even ask to wait. We tell you that's okay and we invite your spirit to come as the one that comforts. And even as we prepare for this moment, Lord, would you examine our hearts? Your word says that we should confess our sins and so we come to you with our confessions current. So Holy Spirit, if there's anything you need to convict of us, do that now. We bring it into the light. We set it before you and we receive the forgiveness that was purchased on the cross. Lord, we're hungry. We're ankle deep. We're knee deep. We believe that your kingdom is at hand. So come and heal now in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Salem Alliance podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. Salem Alliance is a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. To experience other messages and discover more about who we are, please visit SalemAlliance.org or download the Salem Alliance app. And again, thanks for listening.